0: You just said this right? I have to take out Ireland and harder yeah. hundred-year candidate. I'd, I, I <laughs> you what said I'm that. saying, what I'm saying is <laughs> I'd have to take out. Okay, I take out Conor Reilly and Conor Reilly. That's it. I quit. Subscribe to the GA podcast feed on the OTB Sports app
1: now.
2: The news round on Off the Ball
1: with Gillette for an effortless finish to your day. New Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. This is News Talk.
0: And you're very welcome along to Monday Nights Off the Ball. It's Richie McCormick here with you right through until 10pm tonight. And as uh, prior to the news, we're going to do our very best uh, to squeeze the last couple of days of sporting excellence into the next three hours of radio. And we're going to look back on Limerick's All-Ireland Final Hurling Success. Uh, with the company of James James O'Connor and Shane McGrath. That's coming up after nine o'clock tonight. we'll have Monday Night Rugby as well with Matt Williams and Keith Wood after the weekend in which Ireland secured a first ever series victory over New Zealand on New Zealand soil. And ask what next for Ireland ahead of the World Cup in a year's time. And we'll get some reaction as well on top of Limerick's All-Ireland Final success from the Treaty County itself. You can get in contact tonight by texting us 53106 for thirty cent is the number. You can tweet us as well at Off the Ball. We'll be only too delighted to hear from you. Joining us for the news round uh, tonight is Amory anne Amory. Good evening to you. Hi Richie. And also Michael McCarthy with the Laptop Hello, open. folks. Thank you for joining us you? tonight. Um, one of those mad weekends where it's just there's almost too much on, or the stuff that's on is just so seismic that you don't know where to look. You're being flung from incident to incident, and it felt like that over the weekend, especially yesterday. Uh, but we'll start um, by asking for your your highlight, your standout your capo di tutti capi of moments of the weekend <laughs> if you will
1: well
3: I don't know so the so the hurling was pretty incredible yesterday I feel like if Rory had won the open we would have just like I don't know what we would have been able to even do on the show tonight Cancel the balcony too would've, much yeah. like you know to combine with the fact that we all should be off today because it's like 30 odd degrees out but uh possibly uh, the fact that the Hurling final delivered and was such a great game and it looked like it was getting away from Limerick and they came back to it would probably make it a highlight for me but I do understand there's there's a natural bias to that I think objectively the rugby game um, and the performance and the result I think does kind of stand above everything else I was also um, I was doing Virgin Media on (laughs) RMDM during the game which meant that I had a good bit of it in the company of uh, the, the radio commentators. Michael Corcoran Don Lennon did a great job. So, possibly my highlight of the weekend might have been driving down the M50 uh, <laughs> at half an hour, 10 o'clock in the morning, and realising that there was... Uh, the, I, I, didn't know the I didn't know how long was left, and yeah. suddenly I was told that there was 90 seconds left of the clock and realised, oh, this is happening! And just kind of driving down the middle lane of the M50 with both fists in the air, going, yes! and then kind of realising that people who probably weren't listening to the rugby were driving by me going what is going on with that psychopath
4: at 10 o'clock on a Saturday morning, uh,
3: exactly uh, please drive responsibly out there of course I'm sorry this one hand morning. in the air right, yeah. <laughs> you, you said both
0: Mick you can't backtrack on that now uh, Anne-Marie your standout
4: yeah the hurling and I suppose the fact that it was a competitive final because we haven't had A great hurling final in a few years now and arguably Limerick's three All-Irelands in the last few years um, weren't competitive even 2018 like I know there was only a point in it but that was because Joe Canning did what only he can do really for the last 10 minutes so there was kind of almost question marks over them Um, you know like did they win like a real battle in a final and did they beat um, a team like Kilkenny and they answered all those questions yesterday and the the fact that Kilkenny, It wasn't level until well into the second half. So you can look at it like did Limerick keep them at bay or did Kilkenny just refuse to go away? I suppose it's a bit of both. But yeah, like it felt right into it that the game could go either way. I'd love to have known the psychology like kind of if Kilkenny had gone ahead, which they never did, they only leveled it. Um, would Limerick have buckled? But we'll never know. But the fact that it was a competitive game and a cracker in the end—it felt as well in the build-up that everyone there, kind of, it felt like a momentous occasion for them. You know, everybody back after COVID, and Limerick had won two their All-Irelands. I know there was half a stadium last year, but it's not the same. I so. was
0: surprised at how much of a deal it actually did feel like. Like it, it brought. I felt to that my, through
4: yeah, the screen. It yeah. brought to
0: mind remember that FA Cup final was it 2020 where there was it was the first time that there was people at a match well obviously it would have been 21 I guess the
4: Carabao Cup final where there was
0: the yeah. first time where there was people at a match and it felt like for the first time in ages that there were proper stakes on offer in a game because you're like oh god the crowd is actually playing a massive influence here yeah. there was a real sense of celebration about being there about being one of the 80 odd thousand in Croker yesterday and you kind of, pe- people tend to oversell occasion a bit much but I think it definitely lent itself to that yesterday the fact that it was so big both sets of supporters are pretty loud and pretty full on in terms of their support for their counties, yeah. and it really did make it. If you're there, by all means, let us know it's the same for you. Give us a text 53106. But like that came through the screen for me, big style,
3: yeah. And the emotion that players feel, I think, is amplified you know mm. when that environment is there. But also, I think, I think Camry's point about it being a close game and Limerick having to dig so deep to win it is there because. I think sometimes from the outside looking in, I remember having conversations like during the league when Limerick were going badly where there was like, look, Limerick are going to win the All-Ireland. And they did, but we forget that like the work that has to go into doing that for the group players, just because sometimes we could look from above and say, oh, I think that's ultimately what's going to happen, almost lessens it in some ways. Whereas for them as a group, the work they have to go into, the demons they probably have to overcome, the doubts and so on that they will have to overcome to go and do that. And then for Kilkenny to come back at them and be playing so well, and for it look like Limerick forwards couldn't get the ball in their hand for about a five-minute period. It it was like, this is getting away
0: from them. You could see that conversation on the sideline between Kylie and Kinirk where they were like,
3: how are we actually going to wrestle this ball back and get it into our forwards? And then then to go and come back and win it. And then add to that, it's three in a row. Mm. This is something that, like, we grew up on these Kilkenny (laughs) teams and you forget that... Three in a row is such a seismic thing, especially for a county like Limerick. This is a, a non big tree county winning three All Ireland's in a row. It is beyond phenomenal. I know we're going to talk about that from kind of a Limerick point of view in a little while, but I actually, you know, with cold light a day, you forget that you assumed they were going to win the All Ireland. You say, Limerick have just won three All Ireland's in a row, you know? But
4: also, it was the third time they had to dig deep this year, so arguably it's their most impressive season. And unbeaten. Yeah.
3: At the end of it, you know what I mean? They don't have to be unbeaten to win All-Ireland these days, but they did it. They had two draws against Clare mm. where, you know, maybe they arguably we weren't at their best. Were they at their best against Galway? Last 10 minutes, they did everything they needed to do. Very similar to yesterday, in a way. You know what I mean? Like, if you if you, look the la- if you just watch the last two or three minutes and injury time yesterday, you're thinking Limerick are significantly better here because they finished so strongly they're just such such an impressive group of players
0: do you know the way like some finals end up getting christened after like the player that has been most synonymous with them like you, you hear the Stanley Matthews final going back to Wembley in the 50s and then the Gerrard final I guess in 2006 in the FA Cup terms would you class yesterday as the Geroad Hegarty final given this, like the size of his performance that seemed to be a player who went there are some players kind of can get overawed by the occasion they kind of yeah. shrink back into themselves a little bit and or else they do something stupid Hegarty was like, this is an All-Ireland Final and by God, I'm going to make it my one. That seemed to be an impression I got from minute one.
3: Yeah, that that's actually very, very true. He definitely took the game by the scruff of the neck. In some ways, I don't know if you could call it the grodt Hegarty Final because last year was kind of the grodt Hegarty Final as well and he got 2-2. He can have more than one. And he got 1-5 this year. So is it just that when he got the goal, I'm thinking... Yeah, Geroet Hegarty and All-Ireland Finals are just a beautiful combination of things. And like it was such a brilliant goal from the pick-up to the... I don't think I've ever seen a Slitter hit into that part of the net before. It was just perfection. And then everything he did afterwards. And do you know what? His legs went with the rest of them. Um, but if you look at that last 10 minutes, what was driving the limit forwards were the subs and Kyle Hayes came into it. Mm-hmm. But if you watch it again... Hegarty has little flicks, little half wins of possession, just doing enough constantly, and that that's as important as the scores he got. You know what I mean? He was, yeah. If you're if you are going to associate yesterday with one man, it definitely will be Hegarty.
0: Yeah, we'll start with uh, I guess a little bit of reaction uh, on the news round to Limerick's win. The news round, of course, brought to you with Gillette Labs for an effortless finish to your day. Anne-Marie, we start. Shannon side
4: yeah the Limerick Curlers are back in the city having made a bit of history yesterday their two point win over Kilkenny at Croke Park where the final score was 131 to 226 saw them win a third consecutive senior All-Ireland title it was also their fourth in five years having ended a 45 year wait back in 2018 they now join Kilkenny Cork and Tipperary as the only counties to enjoy a three in a row speaking to Ashley O'Reilly at the Team Hotel this morning, manager John Cowley said that this is a dreamland stuff.
1: In 2017, if you said to me we'd been one, I'd have snapped the hand off you and been forever happy and grateful. You know, to have had that. But yeah, they're, they're an incredible bunch. Paul has done just an awful, s- serious job with these lads. You know, in terms of the coaching and developing them as players and from a skill set, from a physical perspective. I think as people they've developed as well over the years and they're incredibly strong and resilient mentally. Carolyn has done a super job there. Um, but we're very proud of them. And, you know, they're still young. Yeah. It's not over. No. Uh, I can assure you that there's lots of hunger there, as you saw in the last 10 minutes yesterday. The appetite is there. They will need to switch off now, but they'll go back to their clubs and they'll enjoy that. And they'll go toe to toe with each other there. But, Yeah, listen, I think they'll all have a little eye to the the piece around the corner next December, maybe January, you know, when we come back together again. I'm just very privileged to be doing the job I do. Believe me, I don't design the sessions. Paul does all that. You know, I don't look after him in the gym. We've had lots of great coaches in working with them. I'm just very privileged to be the leader, I suppose, of the group. It comes with responsibilities and there's tough days too, but I'm, I'm surrounded by fantastic people who make this job really enjoyable and we have great fun, we, we spend a lot of our time laughing and it's hugely important and we have great laughs at the smallest of things, yes, but we have great fun and we're, we're very fortunate, we've met some fantastic people along the way.
0: Yeah, we'll hear more from John Kiley a little bit later on after half seven. In fact, that interview with our own Ashling O'Reilly this morning at the team hotel. He makes a salient point there, make the age profile of this Limerick squad. When you look at Kilkenny's performance, you set that against the fact that they are to a degree in transition that the age profile of that team has gone up a little bit. Limerick are still a pretty useful side. There are more All Ireland's um, multiples in this team. <laughs> Should they
3: keep performing at the level <laughs> at which they've been performing for the last four years. What was I saying to you about assumptions? No, they are young and that's the that's the strange thing. I think I think Graham McCarty might have been the only outfield player in his thirties uh, that started. I know Nicky Quaid obviously is as well, Graham McCarty's thirty two, everybody else in their twenties. But it was a concern for me because sometimes it's not just what age you are but it's like how many miles you have in the legs and if you look at the 2018 uh, all ireland winning team that started against galway it's 13 of those possibly 14 13 i think mm. um started again this weekend you know and that is a lot but the concern that you would have that eventually something has to give what's coming next i think is in some way eased by the fact that that bench for two games in a row now have come on and have lifted them. And if that, that is, and these are young guys, mm-hmm. so Walter Walsh and Richie Hogan are coming on for Kilkenny and making a huge difference, especially Walsh when he came on at half time. But for Limerick, it's the younger guys that are coming on and are lifting the team. And that's exactly what they need. So while the profile is still young and these guys aren't on their last legs or anything, they need one or two to come and just refresh it a little bit. And it looks like, the, looks like they're there.
0: Yeah, we talked about the, the production line, I guess, in Limerick on last week's show as well. It's well worth dipping into that to see how what the effect that has had on Limerick Hurling over the last while. Well, we've got some reaction as well uh, from Kilkenny, Emery.
4: Yeah, the result means that Kilkenny's wait for another All-Ireland goes into an eighth year. Yesterday marked Brian Cody's 17th All-Ireland. He has, of course, been successful in 11 of them since he took over back in 1998. However, for obvious reasons, he was emotional speaking to Aisling yesterday.
2: Uh, look, I mean, we're out on the wrong side of it. So obviously everybody is just heartbroken, I suppose. Um, but absolutely, the, thought, the effort of our players is magnificent. Obviously, Limerick won the game with outstanding champions, and what they achieved today, they achieved trainer, all which is, you know, tells its own story. So I can say it's full credit to them and well done to them. But huge um, admiration for what our players put into it.
1: Yeah, you threw everything at them and you brought it back level. Did you think from then you were going to kick on?
2: Well, I knew we were going to keep going at it I also knew that um, you know they were going to not lay down for sure. So it's gone to going to go to the very end, and unfortunately we just came up short.
1: Richie Hogan came off the bench he got the the point to level it what a player he's been exceptional for Kilkenny throughout the years it was great to see him come on and have that moment I know it didn't go your way in the end but great for him as well to to score that score
2: yeah for sure great point I mean so many great scores during the whole game Richie is just one player in the whole panel and obviously has given great service for sure but like again I thought our players were magnificent it's always a boost when somebody here is, you know, refers to you by your first name.
3: you. I just say you're just one person on that's the panel. Luck <laughs> you know. I, am. I don't like to get ahead of
0: myself, Mick, as well. You know, uh, a few texts in already. Atmosphere, I uh, was awesome. i uh, one of my favourite All Ireland finals in 40 years, and uh, that's from Philip, who's text us from five three one oh six. And somebody else says, "Hey, Richie, surely the highlight of the weekend was Pixies in the Ivy Gardens, followed by a back garden hungover Sunday sports watching. Uh, hopefully, uh, the boys are happy with the parents. Thank you for that, Mark. I think a sexist in there. Um, yeah, so the Pixies on Saturday. Uh, that's beside the point. Uh, the highlight the weekend though uh, for anybody guessing is Bo's 1-0 win away to draw it up, but that's another story for another day but this thing of comparing sports like we'll get oh, to it I guess oh, yeah. when we get in the, into the the groans there say it all already um, <laughs> I, I don't th- have time for this
4: there, there,
0: there have been several occasions over the last few months where I was uh, glad that I was not on twitter.com Saturday morning was one of them because you could see from the jump that people were trying to and I guess they've played into it a little bit on Sunday's, Sunday's game yesterday as well people are trying to contextualise the win in New Zealand and pit it against other sporting events when did we lose the ability as a kind of a wider populace to just accept an awesome thing as an awesome thing like an, an incredible achievement in and of itself like it's, it doesn't have to fight it's, it's not battling el- for elbow room with somebody else it's not trying to do anybody else down it's not trying to say that one thing is better than the other it, the Irish rugby success in New Zealand is phenomenal let there be no doubt about that. It is utterly phenomenal. Is it better than the like, X achievement by the Irish soccer team or by Kelly Harrington or Katie Taylor in the boxing? Ring? No, because the two things are not comparable. Like, it, it got me. here for that? We're to just talk here about to the have, thing. Have a bit of debate
3: and a bit of conversation. You can have and debate so and only... conversation,
0: but like there's there's no point
3: comparing you know, d- apples and architecture. Yeah, but I don't know. I, I don't think there's any there's any harm in having a bit of a. Uh, I suppose, a hierarchy of achievement, that's purely subjective and leads to a bit of conversation and a bit of argument. So long as it doesn't come <clears> from <throat> what I would describe as a dark place of begrudging. dark place? No, a, a, just a, a begrudging dark place. And I think it comes from both sides, don't get me wrong. I, think yeah. there's a, there, I, do, I do think the louder force are the people who want to say that what Ireland did on Saturday morning doesn't matter. And They're only a bunch of friendlies, mate. The friendly word and so on, like that's like so objectively untrue, and just you know, said with the intent to needle. Yeah, and just to say, and I, I think it's, I think that's unfair. Now, don't get me wrong. I do, I do think there's a lot of it from the other side who will say something like, you know, oh, the World Cup they didn't even do anything. In, you know, Ireland only made a quarter final. They only beat Romania, and that's as much nonsense as anything else. Or dismissing Olympic achievements or whatever. I don't think having a bit of uh, uh, trying to put something on a scale, again, when it's purely subjective, and ultimately what you're saying. Doesn't really count for anything. I think that just could be a bit of crack, and it's okay. But I do, I do get where you're coming from. I do.
0: There was a ground for you as well, Amory, when you're comparing, or we're talking about comparing.
4: Yeah, well, it's pointless the comparison if you ask me. Sorry, Mick, but like, because it, it's. <laughs> we well, so don't
3: want to shoot any I'm points, not It's not pointless. I'm just saying it might be a bit of fun.
4: It's just so subjective. Like what one person thinks might be a great achievement, another won't, and that's just simple as if you're from. West Cork or Skibbereen you're probably going to think that the rowers over the last number of year years trumps an awful lot of rugby achievements if you're a female you might have more of a resonance with Katie Taylor's achievements as opposed to a, a rugby side that's made up of males you know like it's just it's not possible to compare them so I just I don't really see the point uh, like and I, I get your point like that a bit of argument and uh, yeah. a bit of banter is fun but like it does veer really quickly into the nasty side of things it does that's yeah, the problem that's isn't the problem, it like yeah it's, it's, and then we're all of a sudden just putting sporting achievements down yes. and what's the point in that
3: completely agree with that yeah I think although I have, say yeah. I, I have a tier scale Okay, it's like you know. On. It's like how how much is like seeing somebody McCarthy celebrate scale. or somebody like you know set me off or set those around me off. You know what I mean, and that's it. Like so, Saturday was pretty good for that. But Did you bring it, it closer again to because it was only on my own. We to to radio. It's yeah. hard to put it properly on the tear scale. Was there a moistness of eye at the full time whistle? Um, like, I I think if I was there and watching live and had seen the Peter O'Malley images that everybody that I obviously saw so Seen Peter I, O'Malley
0: cries or, like watching your dad cry essentially.
3: I think that I think that would have set me off. But like don't like I mean I've uh, was I crying when Kelly Harrington dominated her way to the Olympics? Yes, so she's really high on the list. You know, that's the way it works. That's what sporting achievement is measured by.
0: I can can't picture you crying. Really? Yeah. Can't
3: see it. I'd been really sick for like a whole week and that it was like six check. o'clock in the morning and I was yeah. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, does
0: the earliness of a sporting <laughs> achievement, does Matt equaliser against Cameroon make it more emotional because it was at like That's half seven in the morning?
3: New Zealand's early in the morning, not as early as some things, yeah. but yeah, I honestly think the, the context of like, you're not waiting around all day, you're just getting up, you feel kind of a sense of achievement for getting up for these things <laughs> it's, uh, by themselves.
0: <laughs> what you achieve by getting up for doing Ireland AM on Saturday, make is up there what the lads achieved. And we're not against, we don't want to compare yeah. sports. Were you getting up at 7 and o'clock? I
3: was someone that, like, you know, would go out on a Friday night and, you know, my usual getting up time might be like closer to <laughs> 10 or 11 as it might have been 15 years ago. 11 or 12, let's be honest. Those 8 o'clock games were were very, very hard work. You definitely felt the sense of achievement. Unfortunately, back then, though, Ireland used to always get hammered. So
0: Oh, I'm reminded of having to do a full day's work after uh, Cameroon, Ireland in 2002 oh yeah like literally and there's like an hour after Full Time Whistle before I started work <laughs> the, the day is just completely askew Um never trust a man with a mullet I think has never been truer Anne-Marie
4: no open champion Cameron <laughs> Smith has refused to be drawn upon claims that he is set to join the new Saudi backed live golf tour the 28 year old Australian didn't answer questions on rumours linking him to the breakaway league after his win at St Andrews yesterday elsewhere Henrik Stenson is expected to be stripped of his Ryder Cup captaincy with the news that he is also set to join the controversial tour and it was Cameron Smith who beat Royal. McElroy into third place I can't remember who was second
0: it was the other Cameron Cameron Young that's the one Um, are.
4: at St Andrews
3: at
0: the open yesterday well, the 18th he did, he was a 2 at <laughs> yeah, a par 4 like, and just insane shots as well from Cameron Young toward. he was trucking along there looking like he could for a second he was the open leader at the 18th
3: he went another under a couple of holes you wouldn't know but uh, God Smith was just unstoppable yesterday but.
0: the putting yesterday was incredible I was watching I was double screening and I was trying to just kind of I kind of figured it would be Rory in the shake-up at the end because he'd been so good all week and I was just kind of watching his demeanour especially off the tee he looked so calm, level-headed assured he was hitting the middle of the fairway pretty much every time he was, there was no sense of impending danger about him until it clearly got in the back of his mind that Smith was draining putts for fun and was picking up what was five birdies in a row and then from that point on you could kind of see McElroy's demeanour changed a little bit but to his credit, I don't think he changed, it. his game didn't change. He was just wasn't, you know, he was making parts across the board. I think he got two birdies, yes,
3: yeah, two birdies, bogey bo- bo- yeah. free round, you know, on the final the day open, of the open. When the, his yeah. playing partner, who they had, they shared a four shot lead, you know, basically, well, not collapse is too strong a word, but he wasn't a factor, Hovland. And you would just think, you know, one or two birdies, not birding the 14th, the par five, easy par five. A lot, a lot of that kind of stuff. Like he just his putts weren't going in, and he wasn't hitting it close enough. But he never, there was never a moment where it was get it got away from him or anything like that. And you have to say, Smith went out and shot sixty four on a Sunday, in, uh, in the old course on the final day exactly. of the Open. You know, I think, and and I just think he deserves it for it. And uh, you know, now he's off to live golf. And <laughs> the Stenson one, we think of it all. The Stenson
0: one is like, is it, it that was the point at which last night when I saw that news that I figured. At some point, these three entities are going to get around the table and try and hammer this out because I don't know if the was it the DP World Tour as it is now can stand to have their European captain walk away and just go all right we'll find another one. Yeah, we're reaching a kind of a point where there's so many people going that to deny them the ability to play on these tours doesn't seem feasible if you want to continue to have them be draws in and of themselves
3: yeah at the same time i think nathan murphy pointed this out on, on twitter earlier is like would live golf even be that interested in henrik Stenson? would know. the offer have been as good as it was if he wasn't the ryder cup captain it just feels like they're full on well they're interested in mark at the moment like you know what i mean that they they got Kimer, i think but i just fe- i wonder how much like they had to lure Stenson away from a very 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 prestigious golfing job here you know and he knows that he's going to lose this job over going to it it's like it just feels like they're trying to say we're going to upset the card at every possible juncture, juncture here yeah. so here we go Ryder Cup captain let's test your resolve we'll take him you know I, I feel I it's dirty tactics Richie
0: dirty <laughs> tactics it's dirty tactics indeed uh, in no way connected um, we're off to Europe uh, tomorrow more Irish people involved in, in European action i
4: yeah, Shamrock Rovers have been handed a difficult tie as well if they can get past Ludogorets in the Champions League qualifiers hoops have been drawn to face the winner of Dynamo Zagreb and Shkupi's tie. The Croatian champions are of course hot favourites to come through that qualifier. They've featured in the group stage of the Champions League five times since 2011. Rovers are currently in Bulgaria preparing for the first leg of their second round tie against Ludogorets tomorrow evening. Elsewhere, former Shamrock Rovers midfielder Aaron McInef has left Hearts. That's 18 months after moving to Scotland to sign for Australian side Perth Glory meanwhile Liam Kerrigan is the latest Irish player to move to Italy his deal to swap UCD for Italian Serie B outfit Como has been confirmed Do you in- know
0: who his next teammate could be? Cesc Fabregas Fabregas is considering a free transfer because obviously he's a free agent yeah. Como were in for him late last week when I saw that like pop up I was like Liam Kerrigan and Sask
3: Fabregas. Yes, Fabregas, why not? That's like, it's fantastic. Not to mention that Serie B is going to be the place to watch for uh, yes, Irish fans
1: this year. Does
3: anybody have the rights for Serie B over here? Because <laughs> I think
0: now might be the time to invest. We got
3: Aaron Connolly banging him in for Venezia, yeah, in Carrigan. Um for, and more than that, like. But uh, can I just say without going into it, and we will not even read the out us ever. The texts are in the, you know, basically we're being told that yeah. it is in no way subjective, but we're that. It's in no way subjective, right?
4: Okay.
3: Ireland's performance, yeah, and winning New Zealand, yeah, cannot compare to actual glories. And also, it's in no way subjective because it's better than anything that we've ever done. Basically, our texters are telling us how it is on both sides of the fence. So, what you're saying is. It's their Yeah.
4: <laughs> We're wrong on both. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's,
3: uh, who would have guessed it? Um,
0: there's uh, women's Euros action as well tonight, Emery.
4: Yeah, there is. Belgium, Iceland, and Italy are all in with a chance of securing the last quarter-final place at the women's Euros tonight, as the final group games take place in Group D. Iceland are currently second in that group. That's ahead of their meeting with already qualified France in Rotherham. Belgium and Italy then are both on a point ahead of their meeting at the Manchester City. Academy. kickoff in both games is at 8 o'clock.
0: It's not all happy uh, talk coming out of the series win over New Zealand though.
4: No, Irish prop Andrew Porter has been cited for a high tackle during their series deciding win over New New Zealand in Wellington on Saturday. 26-year-old Porter was yellow carded by referee Wayne Barnes following his 50th minute high challenge on All Blacks Lock. Brodie Retallick, his hearing will take place tomorrow via video link and he could face up to six weeks of
3: a ban he was lucky yeah like we should be dispassionate about these things and it doesn't take anything away from Ireland's achievement or from the win and how like incredible it was but I feel like we'd be up in arms about this if that was a New Zealand player not sent off or a player from another country and and I seen Luke Fitzgerald say exactly that that it was a red card and we have to cop on to ourselves You know, and we're doing pieces on last week on World Rugby and how they might not be taking this issue seriously enough. Mm. The Ryan Jones news this week, 41 years old, the former Wales back row, early onset dementia. It's absolutely devastating. It's terrifying. And and terrifying. And it's just, we're going to have more and more of it, and it's awful. And, you know, it would have been a disaster for Ireland for Andrew Porter to get sent off, or something that, like, there's no malice in whatsoever, but it's what that needs to happen, it needs to be completely taken out of the game. And it should have been a red card, yeah.
0: Did the, the I guess he said there was no mitigation, Wayne Barnes, in how he adjudged the tackle to have taken place. Uh, but he says it was an absorbing tackle, not a dominant tackle. Yeah. I don't think that, that kind like, of, yeah. Care even still like it it everybody looking at that even like I was listening to the radio myself and it was uh, it was Michael Corcoran and Don Lennon commentating on that and I think they instantly said oh he's, he's in trouble here this yeah. is a red yeah. and it, there was a lot of surprise that it was just a yellow and to be for for these kind of challenges to be taken seriously and for the game to look like it's addressing the issues of concussions there needs to be adequate response to what we saw which is like that should have been a red all day long. And if, to be fair, he was off the pitch for 10 minutes, we conceded two tries, but the the way in which they managed those 10 minutes, Ireland, that is, was actually phenomenal. Uh, So, whether it would have made that much difference to the result, I don't know. Uh, The Ireland-New Zealand... Head to head continued up in Stormont, though, today, Emory.
4: Yeah, Ireland and New Zealand at Stormont played out their first of their T20 international series today. Not so good, though, for Ireland. The tourists batted first and set a target of 174 to reach. However, New Zealand won by 31 runs. That has just finished up there. Yeah,
0: Ireland bowled out for 142. And before we shoot off as well, um, I was uh, completely entranced by the World Athletics Championships on Friday night because it was streaming it live uh, on their YouTube channel was watching the 4x400 mixed relay team perform brilliantly Rashida Adelaiki is already looking like she's having an incredible games and we've got more action this evening
4: Yeah, unfortunately, though, Tom Barr and Andrew Koskarin's World Athletics Championship campaigns ended at the semi-final stage overnight. Koskarin's finished 12th in his 1500 metre semi-final in Oregon. Barr then said he was very disappointed to have placed fifth in the semis of the 400 metre hurdles also overnight.
3: Some breaking news. I know we're out of time. Hit me. Liam Cattle confirmed Tipperary manager in a three-year term don't think anybody's massively surprised but who Pat saw that coming F. Waterford last week Colin Bonner relieved of his duties yeah <sighs> it's an amazing confluence of events really isn't
0: it considering how and I know he's going to say this because he was already in the job essentially and he was at that point I think Cahill had been asked a week or two prior to the Bonner relieving of duties um, would you be interested he's like no I have a job to do here and he seemed fairly it wasn't just a of oh, a job to do here it was Fairly lying in the sand now. Yeah. It's not my time yet.
3: Yeah. That's moved pretty quick. I remember Stephen Gerrard doing an interview, uh, getting really annoyed at somebody asking him if he was going to have his head turned. Uh, when he was Rangers manager and a week later he was Villa manager. Not at all. So there Not you
0: go. There you go. Uh, something I guess we'll put to uh, Shane McGrath and to Jamesy a little bit later on as well as part of our look back on Limerick's All-Ireland Hurling final success. Uh, the guts of that is going to come up after nine o'clock. We're also going to talk to the one sober man left in the country. He's coming into the studio after half past seven. And we'll also look at Ireland's series win in New Zealand with Keith Wood and Matt Williams. That's up after eight o'clock. But